When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby And welcome to another edition of Protecting America I am Rita Cosby Well, the leader of our nemesis, China, and President Biden spoke again, but it sure looks like China got the upper hand as they said this after the very high-level call. If the U.S. plays with fire, it will get burned. And joining us now to discuss this and also Nancy Pelosi's planned trip to Taiwan, which is sparking lots of controversy is the great China expert Gordon Chang. He is the author of The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War. And by the way, his Twitter is Gordon G. Chang. Gordon, great to have you here on the podcast. Thank you so much, Rita. Thank you. What was your reaction to this call? It sure looks like China's leader basically, I don't know, it feels like he doesn't respect President Biden. No, Xi Jinping certainly does not respect President Biden and doesn't respect the United States. I believe that this call was premature for us. Biden should have waited and then he should have imposed costs on China. And that would have given Xi Jinping some incentive to talk to us in good faith. But Biden didn't do that. And I think the Chinese just ran right over our president. So this should have been something that if we were going to talk to them at all, should have taken place far in the future. Why do you think it was too early? Is it because of Biden or world dynamics? What's the reason? Well, Biden has now had five phone calls with Xi Jinping during his presidency, and things have just deteriorated month to month. So obviously what we're doing is not working. We got to try something new. You know, Biden has this view, and, and a lot of American foreign policy analysts share this approach, that if you're nice to the Chinese, they will reciprocate. Well, that sounds good in theory, but it's not the way the Chinese work. They are ruthlessly pragmatic. And the only way to get them to move in the right direction is to give them that incentive. And Biden has been very reluctant to impose those sanctions that actually, I think, would persuade the Chinese they have to deal with us. Talk about the kind of sanctions that you think should be on the Chinese so they could have a wake-up call. Well, there are a number of things. We, first of all, need to cut relations with Beijing because we know that, for instance, through their consulates, they're engaging in a pervasive campaign of stealing U.S. So I would do what Secretary Pompeo did about a couple of years ago, and that is close Chinese consulates. There's four more of them in the U.S. There are bases of espionage and malicious activities. So I'd close them. And I think that that would send a very strong signal to the Chinese that, look, the United States isn't going to put up with this anymore. But obviously, there are a lot of other things we should do. 
we should be cutting off investment money going into China's equity markets, which is keeping the Chinese economy afloat. We should be making sure that these tariffs go up, not down. These are a remedy for the theft of intellectual property. The Chinese are stealing more and more of our IP. You know, you just go across the board, Rita. If we cut these contacts with China, then I think that they'd understand they can't continue on the way they have taking advantage of us. Do you believe, Gordon, sort of the only way to send a message to China is through strength? Yes, absolutely. The Chinese, and this is before the Biden presidency, but the Chinese have had this notion that they are in charge of the world. The United States is in terminal decline and they can do what they want. And that view has been reinforced by the debacle in Afghanistan, by the failure to deter Putin from invading Ukraine and from some other things. So I'm not saying their view is right, but what I'm saying is that's what they think. And that's a very dangerous attitude. Talk about the leader of China, because you know him well. You know who he is. He puts out this statement after he speaks with President Biden talking about fire, basically don't play with fire. How do you leverage that? Because he put out the readout. You know, after these calls happen, there's usually a readout from both sides. Sometimes they're very different, as it seems as it was in this one. But China seemed very quick to put out their readout and position themselves. Talk about the politics of that, Gordon Chang. I'm sure that readout was prepared well in advance. And by the way, they talk about how the United States has agreed to China's one China principle. Well, we've never agreed to China's one China principle. We have something called the one China policy. It's very different. And I noticed that President Biden's readout, which was issued after the Chinese one, didn't correct that fundamental mistake. We need to do things like that. So, you know, apparently Xi Jinping thinks that he can distort history and the Biden administration is not correcting him. Explain the difference, because I know the difference, but to our listeners, too, explain the difference. China's one China principle is that the United States has agreed that Taiwan is part of the People's Republic of China. Our one China policy is very different. We recognize in our one China policy that Beijing is a legitimate government of China. But we also say that the status of Taiwan is unresolved and that the resolution of that status must be with the consent of the people in Taiwan. That's a very different position. Now, China always misrepresents it. And we Americans, you know, our State Department doesn't really bother to correct them. That's wrong because it leads to a lot of misapprehension among Americans. And you see that misapprehension on TV for our people not understanding it. Important, too, also to have clarity when you're dealing with somebody like the Chinese, right? Absolutely. And we don't have clarity. We have this view that, oh, it really doesn't matter what the Chinese say because that's just mere propaganda. But through repetition, China is very effective in getting its view across. And as I mentioned in this one China principle versus one China policy thing, They are able to determine the narrative and to get people to believe things that are just not true. Talk about Taiwan, too, because, of course, that's a huge issue, especially with word that Nancy Pelosi plans to go over there. What do you think of that? Should she go? Should somebody else join her? Should she not go? What do you think? 
Well, I now, because China's made this a test of wills, she absolutely has to go. And I think that she should take the Republican leadership of the House with her to show that there is bipartisan support for Taiwan. You know, what we are doing, and, and we're seeing this with Biden, who is very cold about the visit. Last Wednesday, the president, our president, said, well, you know, the U.S. military is not in favor of her going. What Biden did by saying that in public is, first of all, to tell the Chinese that there is a disagreement inside his administration. And that was an invitation for China to try to intimidate Biden even more. And in fact, Chinese propaganda after that Wednesday statement has been even more dire sounding. So what we would do if Speaker Pelosi didn't go would be to embolden the worst elements in the Chinese political system by showing everybody in Beijing that intimidation works. So unfortunately, she has to go. And this is going to be a risky enterprise by her going. But right now, we have no safe options. The best option for us is that she goes, flies the flag, and says the United States will support Taiwan. And she does that along with her Republican colleagues. Now, why do you think it's important to send what it's a message that it's not a political trip, that this is an America trip, this is a unified message? Well, Taiwan is important to the United States from any number of different perspectives. So, for instance, Taiwan manufactures, one company in Taiwan manufactures 92% of the world's made-to-order chips. So, obviously, that is critical. But it's more than just semiconductors. For more than a century, we Americans have drawn our Western defense perimeter off the coast of East Asia. And Taiwan is at the center of that perimeter where the South China and East China Seas meet. But it's much more than that. Beijing has been attacking our democracy, but it's been attacking democracy as a principle. And we cannot allow China to absorb any democracy, especially one as important as Taiwan. And as mentioned, after the fall of Afghanistan, after the war in Ukraine, Taiwan has become the test of American credibility around the world, not just in the region, but around the world. And if we allow Taiwan to fall, we're not going to have our friends and allies protecting us because we would be saying to the world that we don't protect our friends. So you believe it's important that she goes, but also goes with Republicans to send a comprehensive message that this is America coming. Absolutely. They need to know in China that the United States stands united. You know, Beijing will do something provocative if Speaker Pelosi goes and they think Biden doesn't support her. But if Beijing believes that Biden supports the trip wholeheartedly, then Beijing will back off. This is just a question of the bully in the schoolyard. Apparently, nobody in the Biden administration has ever gone to high school and been bullied. So really what we've got right now is people who are making U.S. foreign policy who don't understand the principles of human relations. That's a great point. But has he already given up leverage, as you point out, Gordon Chang, by coming out and already saying, well, the military isn't keen on this? Just as you said, those are supposed to be quiet discussions. He's been saying it out loud, which I think is harmful in these kind of relations. But it also makes him lose leverage with China because they know there's division. Absolutely. I mean, this is just a fundamental principle, not just of diplomacy, 
but also of the way that countries interact, human relations. And I don't know why the president gave that up. And by the way, Rita, the U.S. military doesn't make American policy. The person who makes American policy is not the secretary of state. It's not the national security advisor. It's the president of the United States. If the president of the United States thinks that Nancy Pelosi shouldn't go to Taiwan, then he should take responsibility for that. He shouldn't lay it off on generals and admirals. Well, do you think he's actually saying, oh, well, the military doesn't want to go, but maybe in reality it's him and he doesn't want to look like he's putting it on himself? Is that the reason maybe that he's tipping it off to somebody else? Yeah, I think this is just shirking responsibility. This is not the way the leader of the free world should lead. And the American people should be upset that they've got a leader right now who does not want to exercise his responsibilities to protect the United States of America. So if she does go, do you think at that point he should make a statement, whether it's before, after, during the trip? Yeah, I think that he certainly should make a statement beforehand of strong support. As a matter of fact, I think it's time for the president of the United States to go to Taiwan. We need to show China we're not going to be bullied by them. And we're not going to have a totalitarian state tell a democracy how it may interact with another democracy. This is just outrageous. You know, you talked about what's happened in the past, too, with Afghanistan and that disastrous withdrawal and some of the other issues that we have seen of late. How much do you think China's watching some of the missteps, at least as sort of a kind way to put it in terms of Afghanistan withdrawal, which I think was a disaster. But looking at the way that this president has handled foreign policy and other issues, they're watching, right, and saying, well, he did this. Maybe we can take advantage of that, right? Absolutely. We know that, and you just see it from Chinese propaganda releases, immediately at the fall of uh, Kabul, the Chinese watch this extremely closely because they realize that they need the United States and that you know, China can't stand up to us if we are resolute. So, you know, you could just see. And so, for instance, Rita, as Afghanistan was falling, Global Times, which is a Communist Party publication, actually came out and said, when China invades Taiwan, they didn't say if, they said, when China invades Taiwan, the island will fall within hours and the United States will not come to help. So we don't have to speculate what the Chinese are thinking. It was very clear how they viewed the withdrawal from Afghanistan. They realized it was a debacle and they felt that they could take advantage of it. By the way, how much do you think it is likely that China will try to make that kind of an action under this president? I'm really concerned because, you know, they're normally... Rita, there are a lot of reasons why China would not invade Taiwan, but I think that they believe that the Biden administration is in disarray and that they can take advantage of it. And the other aspect is that Xi Jinping has real problems at home. He needs a foreign distraction, and Taiwan is a perfect example of it. We've got to remember that this is not about Speaker Pelosi or Taiwan, really. You know, within this month, We have had Chinese very aggressive actions at the 2nd Thomas Shoal, which belongs to the Philippines in the South China Sea. We've had Chinese ships in Japanese territorial water in the East China Sea in the Senkakus. And Chinese troops remain below the line of of actual control in Ladakh in the Himalayas. In other words, 
in Indian-controlled territory. Xi Jinping is just lashing out. So Speaker Pelosi is not the cause of what's going on, as some people want to say. This is really an issue driven by problems inside China. Well, let's talk about some of the problems here, Gordon Chang, because we're also seeing that China is buying up U.S. farmland. And I think about the case, especially in where is it, North Dakota, where it's right near a U.S. military base. What do you make of that and how concerned should we be? We should be absolutely concerned about Fufang Group, which is a food processing company wanting to build a corn milling plant within 12 miles of the Grand Forks Air Force Base. There, they've got very sensitive satellite communication facilities, and clearly the Chinese, if they could install passive listening devices there, would be able to obtain really critical signals information. We should never even think that uh, allowing the Chinese of building that facility, and we should not allow Fufeng to hold land near that facility. I believe that we should force all Chinese parties to sell American farmland, American ranch land. We don't know exactly what's going on, but we do have some indications things are really malicious on the Chinese part. So until we sort this out, I think that we should get the Chinese out of our food chain. Yeah. And when you look at exactly like where they're buying this land, as you point out, it's near the airbase. Then there's another location where we're doing some testing of sophisticated weaponry for the U.S. I don't sort of believe in coincidences, and I don't think you do either, Gordon Chang. And you're sitting there saying, how can this be that they're cobbling it up? And it just happens to be near very sensitive areas in America. This is really concerning, Gordon. Yes, it is. It's not just Grand Forks Air Force Base. Chinese former military officer bought a lot of land near Laughlin Air Force Base in Texas. We know that the Chinese have established, uh, has been able to put Huawei telecommunications equipment in networks where they can listen to signals at Maelstrom Air Force Base, where we have land-based deterrent. Also near F.E. Warren, which is an Air Force Base near Cheyenne, Wyoming where we also have intercontinental ballistic missiles. This is, you know, we've, we've allowed the Chinese to get close to our most sensitive military facilities. To me, this is incomprehensible. Yeah, it's shocking. And to me, it's an enormous concern. The other thing, too, Gordon Chang, is them trying to infiltrate the Fed, trying to hack into the Federal Reserve. They've been trying to do some very nefarious activities. As the Wall Street Journal has reported on the Senator Rob Portman's investigation, what's really concerned to me is, yeah, I, of course, the Chinese are committing espionage and doing it in a very, very dangerous way. But we have Fed Chair Jerome Powell getting huffy in public when someone accuses the Fed of not paying attention. We know the Fed is not paying attention. We have a really good idea that there are still Chinese agents working at the Fed we need the chairman of the Federal Reserve to say that he's going to get to the bottom of this, not to defend Chinese spies in the Federal Reserve. This is outrageous. Yeah, it is 1000 percent outrageous. And to me, the timing of all these things, too, right now, it couldn't be more delicate given the dynamics in the world. What's your final message about sort of where relations are headed with U.S. and China? Relations are deteriorating, but it's not about us. It's about China. And we've got to understand the Chinese regime is militant. The Chinese regime has identified us as an enemy. 
They declared a quote-unquote people's war on us in May 2019. And unfortunately, we have a president who won't recognize that. The worst he will do is call the Chinese competitors. No, they're not competitors. They're even worse than adversaries. We should call them what they call us. They call us an enemy. If we don't call them an enemy and act accordingly, we can lose our country. Wow. Very, very frightening. So much at stake. Well, Gordon, thank you very much. The great China expert, Gordon Chang. Again, it's Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. And thank you for all you do to keep our country safe and our world safe and your great perspective. Thank you for being here on the podcast, Gordon. Well, thank you so much, Rita. I really appreciate it. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America. America.